Hey, welcome back to the Blue Collar Off-Road Podcast, episode 132. I'm Graham, I'm here with Luke, Cody, and Richie, and we got Paul Barnes on today, a uh, uh, request, or not a request, but a, a submission? Roping submission from Bob, uh, <laughs> who, I mean, every time Bob recommends somebody, it's always somebody really solid, and uh, I've, Paul, I've met you a few times wheeling, just here and there. You're always a blast to wheel with. Your buggy's insane. I think you're, uh, you know, one of the really one of the better wheelers in New England. So I'm excited to see where this goes. Ah, uh, say how it is. He is the <laughs> best wheeler of New England. All right, give the oh, man no, some oh, fucking no. credit. Come on, boys. Woo! Don't go that far. <laughs> well, we gotta <laughs> church you up, you know. <laughs> Don't you have the most humble pie wins? Uh, I've never won humble pie actually. Oh. Yes. Can't I've be the won, best then. I've won everything <laughs> except the bounty run, so I I still haven't pulled that one out. Oh, I actually didn't. So you have to what? You have to get the best time on trail and do well in the bounty run to technically win. No, um, basically your your finishing time and qualifying just sets up your running order for the bounty run, and then oh. winning the bounty run is your big win. Oh shit! I didn't realize yeah. that. <clears throat> so. Uh, I've, I've finished first in qualifying. Uh, I believe I held the record for the fastest at two hours, 27 minutes. Jeez. And that's that is insane. Seven, seven red trails. Um, I believe my fastest time of the bounty run was just under 18 minutes, which was still not good enough for, I don't even think it was top five that weekend. Wow. Yeah. <clears throat> so, and I've, I've won a couple of shootouts. So I have to ask then, you know, going off of all of that, sounds like you've got a capable rig. How did you end up in that position? Like With, what got you into wheeling? Well, that's kind of a long story. Um, well, we're here for it, brother. Buckle down. Let's get it. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so my, my first time wheeling, I was 16 months old. I was in the backseat of my dad's Jeep. Um, I grew up from then on hooked. My father has been into it his whole life. My uncle, it's been a family thing. At one point, we had five family Jeeps. It was um, two of my aunts had Jeeps, my grandmother and my uncle and my father. And we would be out once a month going um, my entire life. So I'm 33 now. I've been doing it for 32 years. Wow. That's insane. Um, <clears throat> back in the 90s, um, my Nana and I made the brochure for the Jeep Jamboree in Maine as the oldest and youngest on the trail that year what that's so cool awesome we've we've been in low range magazine before uh that was 2015 i think we did that no more like 2005 sorry Uh, (laughs) they did a whole spread on the family we've been in jp magazine peterson's off-road you know it's it's definitely not a, a a young kid just jumping in the sport and building a buggy i've been doing this my whole life so, oh. so it kind of sounds like you and your family are the shit. Uh, <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, That's I, really cool. I didn't, I didn't know all of that stuff. That's how, how do you guys even do they contact you or do you guys like solicit your own like story to them? How does that even work? I have no idea. So, um, I don't remember how a couple of magazines contacted us. I think we were just at the right place at the right time on certain club runs. And then I know low range contacted my uncle 
at fall crawl and was like, Hey, like, you know, you got your mother at 81 years old and you pass in your seat. You, we hear your nephews are into this. Like, let's do a family spread. Oh, yeah. They came out to the house for a day and it was like six or seven hours there at the house taking pictures and interviewing everybody. And, you know, I, Bob actually has the copy of the magazine somewhere. What? That's so cool. I, I think my brother has it somewhere. It's, it's been passed around with moving and all kinds of stuff. I don't know where it ended up now. I don't know it's somewhere, but. Wow. You should definitely get that. That's a cool piece of memorabilia. That's really cool. Yeah, it's definitely, it's not in the trash. I know that it's just packed away somewhere. <laughs> so then wh when did you officially get like your first rig? So my first rig was a 73 CJ5. I got one when I was 15. Uh, my uncle saved it from the junkyard and dropped it off and goes, here you go, kid. Have fun. <laughs> um, he actually had me driving. I drove, I was eight years old. And it was Sunday River Mountain in Maine in three feet of snow and a 46 Willys. And uh, I couldn't even reach the whole steering wheel because I was so small at the time. You had uh, a cable throttle control, so you just set the throttle and I'd steer the thing through the woods. <laughs> and it was his biggest mistake, he told me, because he goes, after that, I couldn't go anywhere without you asking to drive. <laughs> So at that point, it was anything from lawnmowers to power wheels, dirt bikes. If it had a motor, I was in the woods wheeling it. <laughs> so I actually had my first rollover my own rig in my backyard. That's amazing. I mean, honestly, not a bad spot to do it. No. How'd you manage that? So there was a tree that was like, it was leaned over perfect to be like an RTI ramp. And uh, I decided to drive up and flex it up. And normally my carburetor would take a shit and stall. And this time it didn't. And it just <laughs> drove up the tree and over I went. Uh, I, think, I think I was 16 at the time. And I was, you know, one locker, 33s, you know, no winch, barely even had a good cage. So <laughs> I remember using a, a toe strap and a come along to flip back over. Do <laughs> uh, it. Sorry, we had a few of those instances um like we were at uh richie's place and i had my old 98 xj and um we ended up like i didn't have toe points or anything like that it didn't <laughs> end up on its side but we ended up having to go around the axle housing with a come along to pull this thing out of the hole that i had driven myself into <laughs> That's still one of my favorite, like, off-road related memories. Yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a bad time. Ended up, like, de-beating tires, blowing the tire out off of it. It sat in the woods after we got it out. I had to call out of work and ended up getting <laughs> fired over that. Dude, popping beads has got to be, like, one of the most frustrating things. Gorilla tape works wonders, man. I yeah, bead, bead locks work wonders, too. There you go. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, does not compute. Not smart enough to understand. <laughs> you know, it's something that's always surprised me. I think we've talked about it before, but you know, like on a dirt bike, how you can actually start like rolling and spinning a tire on yep. the wheel. Why, why doesn't that ha happen as often like off-roading like with people without beadlocks? It does. I've, I've seen it a bunch. Really? It, it and I feel like it's one of those things I haven't seen that often. 
There's a video oh, yeah. of Luke doing it on uh on my Instagram. You oh, did not it's not Instagram. Hmm? Oh, you posted it. <laughs> I'm going to look right now. I don't think oh, I've yeah. ever seen that happen with anybody. Mute yeah, your mic it, it, before you watch my version. <laughs> I'm watching it on the computer. You're good. There'll be no sound coming through. <laughs> the uh, it it lost air. It was basically I, I completely flat. Side of the tire. Yeah. Um, and then it just ended up like falling off because I lost, you know. Yeah, and it was air. the it was the back one, so that's welded or whatever. So it shouldn't have not been moving, but the tire wasn't moving, and then <laughs> notice the rim was moving. And that was that. He still made it though. So it was That's fun. Too uh real quick, very, very quick side note. Um that rim was the source of my rotational noise. Not that one, but the one in front of it. It was bent and there's like an imprint of my steering knuckle and chunks of my rim sitting on top of the steering knuckle. <laughs> Ridiculous. Wow. <laughs> That'd do it. Yeah. Very smart here. You have I forget if it's got high steer on it or nope. not. Oh, that's very impressive then. <laughs> that rim is fucking taco, dude. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, been... so God, God, sorry. That I've been there and done that before. <laughs> <laughs> so after the after what was it? you said it was a YJ or is it a CJ? I had a CJ five. So after the CJ, what was, uh, did you end up actually doing anything to that one or did you kind of just leave it stock, beat the, sh the shit out of it? So it lasted all of, I think, a month as a full body Jeep. And then, because it was so badly rotted, I, I pulled the body off, do a body swap, started fixing the frame. And uh, I remember I brought it into the vocational schools. I was at the South Shivo Tech at the time, we were a welding program. And uh, I brought it in to fix the frame, and the teacher saw a drawing I had made of a buggy. And he's, "What's that?" I said, "Well, that's you know something I'd like to build in the future." He goes, "Well, why wait? Why not do it now?" Like, well, you money, know, money <laughs> everything else. Like, dude, you're in school. You got a full fab shop at your fingertips. Like, let's do it. What? So my sophomore year in school, I built my first buggy out of my CJ5. Okay, hold on. What was? The, do you remember that teacher's name? Uh Gordon Crozier. Dude, shout out to fucking Gordon. That's so <laughs> cool. Because, I mean, I don't know, we had vocational teachers, but none of them would have ever committed to a student like that. So that's fucking really cool. Dude, I, I have never had a teacher since that was anywhere as cool as he was. That's impressive. Good for that guy. That's I really awesome. I'll see him at car shows every now and then and talk to him. And, you know, he was, he was awesome, you know. So I, I passed sophomore year because of building that, and so did the seven other students in my class. Wow. And awesome. Now, did you trust it? <laughs> um, I did. It saw a few rollovers. Um, it wasn't DOM because at that time, I knew nothing about DOM, and the teacher didn't really know about it. And there wasn't a single triangle in the cage, but <laughs> it worked. It, you know, I, I wheeled that for few years and then went on to something else came back to it at one point and uh it ended up on one tons and had a 350 in it and that was very short-lived i realized real quick that a carbureted 350 was garbage <laughs> and, uh it pretty much i lost interest at that point because i realized how bad the chassis actually was you know building it at 16 years old and then my 20s and I was looking at it going hmm it's not exactly safe. I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing with it. So, 
I, How responsible. I, yeah. Well, you know, times change. And, you know, when I first built that rig, the trails that I was doing with it, I have trouble now in my buggy. Oh my gosh. You know, and at that point, that thing was 33s, one locker, had a carbureted straight six or three speed manual on leaf springs. And it would do some of the blue trails at Field and Forest, which back then were greens. And now they're, they're closer to blacks. Isn't yep. it wild how things change? So I've been wheeling at Field and Forest since August of 2006. And wow, it is unreal how much that place has changed. So, so. one of my biggest things, like uh, the first quote unquote hard trail I ever did was Ma Bell, right? Yep. Yep. Ma Bell 10 or I'm sorry, 11 years ago at this point to now. You could not tell me that those are the same trails. No, not at all. It's wild the amount of difference that happened. And then like uh, another place would be Kish's. Uh, that property used to be something where like the trails were quad trails. You can't yep. drive a quad up those fucking trails anymore. <laughs> right. Tried and I have failed. I mean, honestly, just in the past year, Ma Bell has changed so much. Like the other day or a few Fridays ago, we went hiking with the RCs and just, you know, got out because it's a beautiful day. And we were on this one obstacle. And I'm like, I don't remember this whole entire rock face being here. And it literally just within over a year, it has gone dug up like crazy. It's just it's I don't know. It's pretty cool to see how everything just changes and whatnot. Yeah, it, everything just gets so torn up with everybody going and just everybody decides, hey, I'm going to do a burnout here and. Dude, you're on the dirt. You're not on the rock. You're just digging yeah. the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So after the CJ, kind of where where were you at that point? So I moved from that rig to a 79 CJ7. Uh, had built Scout 44s, Leaf Springs, 38 Swampers. Um, again, it was a piece together, you know, carbureted straight six, four speed, Dana 300. Uh, I wheeled that for a few years and then started hanging out with guys like Frank Speranzo and, and um, Mike Demers and that crew. And I was like, all right, I need to, I need to step up my game because I, I can't keep up with these guys in buggies on leaf springs and a full body. And, you know, and more and more I wheeled the thing, the more and more I came home with less body panels. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like that sometimes. Yeah. So I think it was, there's not a lot of body panels on a CJ7 to begin with. No. <laughs> I, I had one season in there where I was actually rocking a Comanche. Um, it was like a nine inch long arm, stock axles welded on 35s. And I dailied that for a summer before I took it to Field and Forest. And that's where it, it kind of died. <laughs> so go figure Field and Forest eating another Cherokee. <laughs> seems to be the running theme yeah now question for you did you put a motor in that manchi by chance i did not did your brother ever have a yj uh, yes <laughs> did he ever swap a motor into it yep i think i sold him a motor i, I, I don't know where this just came from in like the back of my brain but like I don't know. I could have. I mean, I wish I still had the Facebook messages. I might be able to look them up, but I could have swore I sold one of you guys a motor way back in the day, like 
fit 2016 probably now yeah that sounds about right that's funny did, did he show up in a uh, gray 2004 chevy pickup yes he did yes yeah. he did yeah. i was impressed because he brought his own uh engine hoist and i was like well thank god you did because i i don't <laughs> have anything it was at like a storage unit i was like i you know we were gonna probably lift it up ourselves <laughs> like <laughs> yeah so that was my truck my engine crane um that was actually i believe that motor was for his girlfriend's jeep and it didn't last very long oh rip yeah he had a span of cooking four o's and i don't know how because i've never been able to kill one but yeah i remember we were talking about it and i remember he was like uneasy about it because he was telling me how many four o's he was exploding i'm like well this one i got from a friend of mine for 100 bucks i don't even know what i sold it for it's probably something i think i sold it for like 80 bucks yeah. or whatever it was it was so cheap and i was like well here you go have fun with it i have no idea <laughs> i never yeah. had anything after <laughs> so you mean to tell me that i have a brother from another mother out there that can pop a four liter like that <laughs> i guess oh, yeah. so Oh yeah, he's oh shit. He's pull, probably done five or six. Hell yeah, someone between, else on my level. Between his rig and a, and the now ex girlfriend's rig, yeah. I can't keep a four liter together, so I bought a supercharger for a four liter. I am. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I actually just put a four zero in my buggy. I'm sorry. Wait the the single seater one. No, I don't have a single seater. Oh, never mind. I'm my brain is broken. I'm sorry. My apologies. It's <laughs> yeah, I'll get a seater. It uh, <laughs> it it's small enough. It probably should be a single seater, but I still stuffed two seats in it. <laughs> what did it have in it before? If it was so before, I, when I first built it, it was a two five Jeep motor. Okay, so the little and guy. It it just it worked great for field and forest, but everywhere else I was going, or I needed horsepower. It was like, yeah, no. And uh, yeah. I was just sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. So I went out to Cam Udemark's place in New York in March, and it was like four feet of snow. I don't know if you guys know Cam or not. He's got like a 1200 horsepower rock monster. Yes. yes. Trying to follow him on his trails up the side of the mountain. I was piss pounding that 2.5, and I came home and I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. I yanked it out, bought a four liter, threw that in. <laughs> so it doubled my horsepower. And it was way cheaper than LS. Amen to that. Um, I just wanted to clarify. I was nervous for a second that I totally thought you were a different person. But no, I just genuinely <laughs> thought that you had a single seater. I really shit my pants. And I'm like, oh, my God, am I thinking of the wrong guy right now? No, I'm just an idiot. <laughs> All good, man. <laughs> holy shit, I never realized that that was a two seater. And I, yeah. Well, when I do dumb shit, I usually don't have anybody with me. That's a fair point. You know, that's a that's a good point. That's why I'm building a new new one with a single seat. So, Ooh. yeah, let's uh, you want to dive into that a little bit? I'd love to hear about what your kind of thoughts and plans are for that. So um, starting right after Christmas, it'll be um, single seat LS 400 Atlas doing uh, nine centers, 05 plus Super Duty outers, four wheel steer, 40 spline, everything. Um, It'll be set up with air shocks for a field and forest. And then I'll be putting a set of coilovers on it when I want to go out and do like hill kill or go fast or just be an asshole. So, so. are you at all concerned about the nines? No. 
Okay. Um, there is a ongoing discussion at the moment about whether or not nines will survive under extreme abuse and, you know, figure that you're probably going to put them under a decent bit of extreme abuse. So I've watched a bunch. I ran nine inches a bunch. I know a bunch of guys with horsepower running them and all the problems I had with a nine inch back in the day was breaking the 31 spline shafts. I've never actually broke a ring and pinion. <clears throat> so wow. I think going 40 spline, I'll be good. Hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise your next bet's what? 14 bolt <laughs> rear steer in front. Uh, <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, by that point it'd be 42 reds or 43 SXs. Hell yeah. 43 SXs <laughs> with a fucking Tennessee cut. Let's go, buddy. Right. Party. <laughs> I, uh, I would love a set of like 47 swampers or, or something big like that for the snow. It's just, we don't get enough snow around here to actually, you know, warrant having something that big. Yeah. Speaking of snow and speaking of cam, I still remember his video of him shooting up gatekeeper at Ma Bell in like yep. a foot and a half of snow. Such a sick video. I remember just seeing him like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, this is sick. <laughs> so cool. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's a wicked good guy, wicked down to earth. You know, he, he's totally fun to hang out with. You know, and a hell of a driver. So Absolutely. He, he's uh he just swapped out from forty inch USDs to forty sixes on that rig, and it is an animal. It moves from Earth. Holy shit! He has forty sixes now. Oh yeah, that is insane. Yeah, it's it's huge. Oh, okay. That thing likes to party, then. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. The wow. statement of the year award. <laughs> the the, uh, the biggest flaw with his rig is the fuel capacity. He's he's got to stash fuel cans around the woods in order to make a full day of wheeling. <laughs> Jeez, Fuck. what is what is he running for fuel in that? Do you know? Uh, I believe it's E eighty five. I'm not sure. Yeesh. I thought he was running methanol. It could be math. I don't remember. I remember when we, so you were there that day at the 508 when they had the like buggy day, right? Oh, yeah. 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 Cause I remember there was conversation about uh, him running meth at the time and how like that fires with meth are really not good and that the track was yeah. probably not prepared for that. <laughs> oh, no. He's definitely not prepared for that. <laughs> so when methanol burns, it's clear. You can't see it. All you can see is the heat signatures. Jeez, that's scary. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, isn't the uh when like top fuel dragsters run that the flames that you see, isn't that the oxygen in the air actually burning from the top uh fuel? probably yeah. Little that's wild. Fact. So <laughs> we were at the um at four by four proving grounds in Maine a couple of years back, and one of the other guys I raced with, Matt Newell, no mercy he hit one of the big jumps and in the air, his, his hands came out the side of the chassis and he's flapping like he was trying to fly away. And everybody's like, Oh, look at that. He's being a goofball. And I turned and went, no, he's on fire. Wow. They're like, wait a minute. What? And he, when he landed the jump, I mean, he was 25, 30 feet in the air. And, uh, when he landed, he shut the thing right down and, and was rotten. Like couldn't get out of the rig fast enough. And everybody's like, what's going on? And finally someone was like, no, that's actually on fire. Like that's methanol burning. Wow. 
So that scares me. Yeah. There's benefits to it, but I don't think the benefits outweigh the bad. I personally think like if you're gonna go down one of those rabbit holes, maybe E eighty five is the better way because at nah. least it burns the right color for you to see it. Aviation one ten baby Avgas. Yeah. That's I, the way to go. I run one ten race fuel in my mega truck and that's it. Mm-hmm. Wait, it's... you got a mega truck? Yeah. Alright. <laughs> How did you end up getting roped into that side of off roading? So that's a totally different ball game than <laughs> F and F. Yeah. Um, so I dabble in a lot of different things. Um, so since a little kid, I've been going to mud runs with my uncle and my father, and, and I always loved the big track to tie mud trucks. And uh in twenty uh shit, I think it was twenty thirteen, I had the opportunity to build my first mega truck. And it was a sixty five F one hundred on two and a half tons and fifty four boggers sheesh yeah i built it in like a month and a half in my parents driveway it was all dirt you know it was no it was nothing like today's standard omega trucks it was huge lift blocks leaf springs no cage you know stock v8 four speed nothing special big just a big dumb bog truck and uh (laughs) that progressed into my red cj5 that i called mom's heart attack Mm. uh that started off on leaf springs and then eventually went to 20 inch full nitrogen shocks, four length, two and a half tons, track tires. Um, the last motor I had in it was a 383 stroker on 110 with 150 shot of nitrous. And that's that, a little kick in the ass. Yeah, it was, it was a ton of fun, but it definitely wasn't a big block. But uh, I ran that thing pretty hard. I went all over new england with it they went to um south carolina to twinnies mud bog one year and actually took home second place there which was freaking awesome i didn't expect to make even one full pass and i took home second so i was pretty stoked but like anything you know sport progresses and i was pushing the limits decided it was time to step up my safety game and decided to build a new truck and that's where i'm at now i'm in between trucks, I actually just bought my cousin's mega truck, which is another Jeep. This one's got a big block, two and a half tons. Uh, so I'm running that while I'm in the process of building my new full tube chassis. Sweet. So, um, so with the mega trucks, right? Yeah. I've got two questions. Answer them in whatever order you feel like. But uh, okay. What is the seat time like compared to crawling? <laughs> and then with the ever growing uh horsepower game that is like mega trucks, I believe. Yep. Are the big blocks still like the king or are they losing out to some of the crazier LSs out there? So a big block Chevy is still the king. Um and pretty much everybody I know runs like a five sixty five big block. Uh, or bigger um turbos haven't really taken off a couple of guys run them most people don't uh the guys that are pretty much the top in the sport right now are running blown alcohol big block chevys or just na big block chevys and the seat time is (laughs) but this you get more time driving around the field the field and forest than i get a whole weekend at the track of the mega truck 
You know, and so, like, this is a running theme from the podcast, but, like, wheeling is one of those sports where you actually get a shit ton of seat time. I think oh, yeah. drifting is the only other motorsport that you get a lot of seat time in an almost comparable manner, and even then you don't get as much. Yeah, exactly. So with the mega trucks, like a typical Saturday at the track, uh, at least at Proven Grounds anyways, for example, I do off course once in the morning, and it's right around a minute to do two laps. And then you get your two deep mud run passes and you're under a minute each. Mm-hmm. And then from there, it depends on what we do. If we do fast track, I usually lose first round because 600 horse to 1500 horse, there's no comparison. You, you just lose <laughs> everything. And then hill and hole is if they do grudge match, I'll get 10, 15 minutes of seat time because I'll just keep running until the thing overheats. And if they go <laughs> bracket racing, then I'm usually out within the first or second round. So my, uh, my pockets are nowhere near deep enough to keep up with these guys. So at this point, I just go for fun and to put on a show with my friends. Hell yeah. I mean, that's, that's a good way to look at it too, honestly. Otherwise, you're just going to keep putting yourself down, trying to chase something you can't, and then just yeah. make it not fun anymore. So at this point, like, I got a, a pretty healthy big block now. It's like 650 horse on race fuel. I don't have any nitrous to it yet, which might happen eventually. I do have a setup for it. I just, you know, I don't have much seat time, so I don't really care to do anything with it right now. Um, the intention is to make the suspension work better than everybody else. And that's how I'm going to be competitive is just having a rig that handles a thousand times better than all these guys. Cause not for nothing. I watch how their trucks land and they think that jumps amazing and lands awesome. And I go, that jumps like shit like, <laughs> it'd be a thousand times better. And you guys just have no idea what you're doing. Yeah. there's bounces five more times. You're like, man, my back barely hurts today. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's insane watching these guys. Like they don't know what four link geometry is. They don't know like anything dude to make them work so they just go oh just add more horsepower it'll go faster no you're not putting any of that power to the ground so you're not doing anything mm-hmm. you know there's a lot of guys with 1500 horse blow motors that don't win a single race because they just they can't put the power to the ground or when they, they try it just gets crazy yeah you know it, it just it's it's funny to watch. I mean, I love going to the track. I love watching these guys, but it's funny to watch and, and listen to them. And you, you you try to talk to them about it and say, hey, you know, if you did this and this and this, you know, the truck could go better. Ah, that's fine the way it is. Leave it alone. Just more power. It's like, oh, okay. Well, you do more power, and I'll smoke you with half the motor I you know you have because my suspension works. <laughs> For two seasons with my old red CJ five. Um, I had no sway bars on coilovers. The thing was like 10 feet tall body roll, like a son of a bitch. And I was pulling second and third place and also of course every weekend for the simple fact that I knew how to drive. These guys would get into the corners and be drifting and, you know, using all this horsepower and a big show and huge air and everything. And I'd come along with my little small block and tiptoe around and give them a run for their money. <laughs> drive them. So, I have so good. I have fun doing all that. Freestyle's a blast. You get 
three to five minutes on the track to hit whatever you want as fast as you want and just be as crazy as you want to be. So that's my favorite thing to do. I just goof around and that's like, I feel like that's probably the most fun seat time out of all that. Cause it's, it's a little less structured, I guess. I don't know. I don't know a ton about the mud truck stuff. It's interesting that you, you know, as a rock crawling guy, um, the the suspend the way you're looking at the suspensions versus the other the mud truck guys yeah. who are completely in it just for the uh you know the power and the 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 big truck right it, it's yeah. kind of funny to see the mentality difference between the you know the, oh the, definitely the types of vehicles there so so well, sorry I, God. I get asked a lot why I do both and why not just spend all my time and money on one thing mm-hmm. and. I love the rock crawl and I love trail ride and I've always done that. I always will do that, but nothing beats being able to get in a truck and hold your foot to the floor and aim at whatever you want. And not, <laughs> you know, so, you get in the buggy and you got to pick and choose your line. You got to think about stuff. You hit an undercut. You don't want to break shit. So you're always thinking you're always methodical. Hmm. I strap myself in the mega truck and all that goes out the window. I line up and I plant my foot to the floor. <laughs> there's no thinking other than well if i fuck up it's gonna hurt if i don't fuck up it's gonna be really cool <laughs> either way everybody's gonna love it <laughs> so, cool so yeah if you're gonna fuck up might as well make it look good in the process oh yeah <laughs> i uh i whacked the nitrous button on accident in a corner one day during freestyle and actually put the thing upside down <laughs> <laughs> I I've I've done some dumb shit. <laughs> yeah, that's wow. gotta be with how tall those things are. When you flip them, it must be it's gotta be kind of painful. <laughs> it actually wasn't with with the containment seats we run. It actually wasn't bad at all. Okay, you know I was hanging upside down, going, "Oh, well, this this is cool. This is different." <laughs> <laughs> but my uh my my favorite event just because of the wow factor is doing long jump. And uh, my, my record to this point, I think it was 25 feet or 30 feet up and 65 feet out. Wow. Holy shit. That's insane. That's, that's big. That was my small block foot planted to the floor, third gear with the nitrous button planted everything that thing had. And the ramp was 15 feet tall. Jeez. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. How decent was the run up? Was it like a mud run up or was it at least dry and not oh, no. run it out? All hard pack, hard dirt, and you jumped into the mud pit. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was it was badass. <clears throat> Something I went to I remember I went to a uh mud truck show a while back and they did a like a quick little race just showing off. Yeah, I believe they're called mud skippers. I believe is literally what they called them, and they were like, and they were like, oh, you know, if there's big enough, uh, you know, people like it this much, maybe we'll consider setting up a race. And I thought it was the fucking coolest thing. So it was like these wicked big paddle tire trucks that yep. lined up, you know, set up the two step as if they were like like drag racing cars, yep. and then just fucking skipped across the whole entire. Um, yeah, they they called, called mud the, They call those skimmers. And it's, Skimmers. Oh. it's just like drag racing, except it's in the mud. That's sick. I got a bunch of buddies that do it, and it is badass. That is definitely something I'd go to see an event, but it seems like all the events are like Midwest or out West. It's 
Yeah, there's nothing local. But, or another one of those like kind of crazy out there things are like the top fuel uh, tractor poles. Dude, I have always wanted to go and watch one of those, but they're all like wicked far away. It's like, well, you know, I guess I'm not seeing that. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's definitely cool to see that other people around this area are into more than just uh, like rock crawling. And I feel oh, like I've kind of like put myself into this small niche of people who are just like rock crawling, rock crawling, rock crawling. So it's cool to see that others are actually like adventuring outwards too. Yeah, I, I get bored. I, I got to do more than one thing. So I, I have a street rig that I, I drive all over. I wheel it and drive it home. I got the buggy. I got the mega truck and I got a dirt bike. So any, any given weekend, I'm out in one of them somewhere causing some sort of trouble. <laughs> so do you got any fun stories about Bob? You know, he was so excited to get you in here. We might as well make fun of him a little bit. You know, you ever uh, get into some shit with Bob? I'm trying to think of a good story. <laughs> so uh, I unfortunately i haven't done much around the fire stuff with bob any of the the, the mischievous shit it's more <laughs> on the trails of him going don't be a pussy hit it <laughs> but yeah he uh he convinced me to take his little blue samurai around the field one day in the snow and uh that was that was fun fifth year on limiter around the field and three feet of snow and he was giving more like there isn't any more the fifth <laughs> <laughs> but he he's definitely a bad influence when it comes to wheeling because he's always don't be a pussy hit it mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so everybody's like oh bob's anti that. he is not anti-send <laughs> <clears throat> some of his property might be anti-send but he's not <laughs> yeah is is like you know he's full on have fun burn your tires down but do it on rock. Don't be doing it in the dirt next to the rock where you're going to dig to China. Yep. You know, that just changes the trails. So, China. If you're, if you're, <laughs> you're on a rock face, hell yeah, burn them down. Yep. So. Um, so I remember when I was watching the, uh, you, you trail headed for the 24 Helen back, right? Yep. Are you, now that obstacle where Capalto blew up something in his I think he blew a ring gear or was it an axle shaft? That was something. I remember it actually was the side gear in his locker. Oh shit. That's so, impressive. The axle shaft was too short and it broke the side gear in the uh, locker. Ugh. Ooh. Yeah. Sucks. Wasn't anything that he did. That was um the whatever company he got the housing from it built the housing wrong. Wow. That fucking sucks ending anyways yeah. I, I could be wrong on that but that's what i i was told so <laughs> okay um so on that climb i remember watching you do it and seeing the line that you chose now I, were you the first to come up with that or yeah i was how like in what world is going sideways across that climb the first like obviously it probably was the first thing that came to your mind but like what brought you to that point so we were at uh, Humble Pie. I think it was the third Humble Pie ever. Um, Bob decided he wanted to do the shootout for the first time. And Mike Golly and a bunch of guys had gone out and cleaned the rock and actually made that center section open because there used to be all trees there. And everybody 
was like, ah, we're not going to do it. There's no way we're climbing that. You know, it's not possible. None of us climbed it during qualifying. We're not climbing it now. I'm like, well, screw it. I'm going to sign up and either I'm going to do a seven minute long burnout or I'm going to drive up the thing. Either way, it's going to be cool. <laughs> oh, so I get out there and I see that that line was open. And I was like, well, I don't see the left side being possible. And I know the right side isn't drivable. Like, what if I do the zigzag? And everybody looked at me like I had five heads. I was insane. And I was like, well, you know what? If it goes bad, it goes bad. If it goes good, awesome. <laughs> I went for it and it worked. And after that, I think there was probably five or six people standing in the crowd that went back and got their rigs so they could do it with me. <laughs> That's awesome. <clears throat> so I, I don't know if you guys remember that section before all that was opened up, but the main trail is actually the right side of that, the, up, mm -hmm. straight up. And I would believe I was the last one to do that before the stump was removed. Wow. And that was many years ago. And that is that in your current rig or was that in the uh, CJ? That was my old blue buggy. Oh. I'm not too sure on that one. I don't have much base on that one yet. Oh, um, well, hit us with it. <laughs> I'm excited. I want to hear about it. So in 2012, I had bought a, a little YJ for 150 bucks and decided I was going to build a buggy out of it. And it started off leaf spring Cherokee axles with a 2000 Cherokee 4.0 and AW4. I threw it together real quick to go to an event. It lasted maybe two months as a full body Jeep. And I got mad one night because the frame broke. Typical YJ with frame rot. <laughs> and I sawzalled the thing in half. And by, I think that was right before Christmas, by Easter, I had done a full back half, full length of back with a 9-inch, did a 44 front, 38 swampers. Uh, it was coil spring in the rear, leaf spring front. And I took it up to the jungle in Vermont for its maiden voyage on Easter Sunday. <clears throat> About a year later, because you know how Dana 44s are, I got tired of changing axle shafts and ball joints every time I wheeled it. I then did a three-link front with a Dana 60. And it pretty much stayed that way for a number of years till I did coilovers in the front. And then it was 2018 I did rear steer. And stepped up to 42 uh, Swampers at the time. That's all I could get my hands on at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it eventually got an Atlas. And I, I wheeled that thing all over the place. It went from Tennessee to Maine, Vermont. You name it, everywhere I went. But for probably a 10-year span, it was there. Or 8-year span. And I actually rolled it over at 508 one day. And tweaked the cage. And decided it was time to to build something else i i it was fixable but i i'd been already pushing it and wanting something else wanted something a little different so i decided to build the buggy i have now but that was that was the rig that got me pretty much into the buggy world and and took me to where i'm at now so we kind of skipped over actually what like for the people who don't know you what is your current rig? Like we talked about it a little bit, but <laughs> so it is a full tube chassis. Uh, it's got a four O with a 32 RH four speed Atlas. Um, 
86 Ford Kingpin Dana 60s front and rear for rear steer. Uh, factory 410 gears, welded spider gears, and East Coast gear supply shafts. Uh, it's currently on 40-inch Goodyear MTR stickies, 16-inch uh, Radflow coilovers, Corbo seats, nothing nothing real fancy. I think the most fancy thing on it is the four-speed Atlas. So I heard about the current. You recently got those MTRs, right? Yeah, very are recent. You, are you enjoying them? I know you only have, what, one run uh, from uh, Wheeling for Warriors, was it? or? Oh. So wheeling for warriors, they've been on there for three weeks and I had wheeled it probably 10 times. Holy shit. Okay. So you have a little bit of, you know, seat time on them. Do you enjoy them? So far, I'm very happy with them. Um, I've always been a Reds guy and TJ Tana talked me into running these and trying them out. And so far I'm very happy with them. I think they're equivalent to a red label. Wow. But better sidewalls. Ooh, I don't, I have, you know, we know a few guys with some pretty shitty sidewalls on their MTRs. So oh, I mounted them and they are really thick sidewalls. They were a motherfucker to get on those rims. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've, I've done some pretty bad things to them in the last month and haven't even nicked them. Wow. That's impressive. So I so actually. I bent a, a quarter-inch beadlock ring at Wheel and Fourias and didn't touch the tire. Wow! So are we thinking that you know down the pipeline we might actually see some people running some MTR stickies? Well, that's the problem. Um, currently, they don't make them anymore. <gasps> so you guys yeah. are gatekeeping them. Got it. So <laughs> EJ bought the last. I think there were twenty-two or twenty-four in the country. And has sold off a few sets. So, oh boy, he, he's been in talks with the guy at Goodyear to see about maybe if we get enough people to buy in, maybe doing another round. But who knows? Huh. So, yeah, I don't know. But I went from KR threes to those, and I'll never run KR threes again. Now is now that MTR tire they don't make that is that something they used to make like years ago and there was just a warehouse of them and you guys so we got the stickies they don't make the sticky version anymore gotcha i, I guess yeah, obviously they make the, the regular compound but yeah i i just i don't think there was enough demand for it so they didn't bother doing it anymore gotcha yeah i can imagine that's got to be a difficult uh you know tire to try to sell because not everybody's into it. If you're not in the racing scene, then it's difficult for you to like want to push that. Yeah. So if somebody like Toyo or Falcon, who's in like the off-road racing scene, it makes sense. Or obviously Red Label or SXs, but I don't know. That's it's gonna be tough. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I mean, I've always been a Red Label guy or a Super Swamper guy. And so far, I'm I'm loving the care, the uh, good years. So we'll see. Maybe someone will work some magic and and make another batch. Who knows? I wouldn't <laughs> mind out of forty twos. Ooh, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. What, what size are your KR threes? Uh, they were forties. Okay, so at least you're not like missing out just to get on a different set of tires. No, that's no. good. I, I'm. <laughs> 
So a lot of people give me shit because I change tires like I change my underwear. Um, <laughs> I've been everywhere on the current rig from 37 Reds to 42 TSLs, 43 SXs. Uh, I had 37-inch traps on it last fall. Uh, I I bounce around. I try different tires, different sizes. You know, just you never know what you're gonna like if you don't try them. That's for sure. I or try- asking around, but I guess it still doesn't give you the same you know seat feel. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Everybody's got different opinions, and rigs work different ways, right? Exactly. Everybody's rigs different. Everybody's driving ability is different. You know, their driving style, all that stuff. <clears throat> so I had. My buddy Matt, who I share my shop with, he he bought a brand new set of 43 SXs on 17s. And the first Humble Pie I did with my current buggy, I actually borrowed them. He hadn't even mounted them on the truck yet, and I had them on my rig Humble Pie. Oh, shit. They were not broken in, sold stickers on them, rolled off the trailer right into the woods. And they worked awesome other than they had no sidewall support. To run them low enough that they flexed on the rocks, the sidewalls would fold right over and touch my kingpins. <laughs> so, wow. I actually hated the tires because <laughs> I fold the line. You know, I'd get right on the rock and it's all right, this is where I want to be. And the tire would fold over and all of a sudden it'd be like, yeah, I don't want to fold anymore. And it would just throw the rig off the rock. So instead of running three to four PSI to make them actually flex, now I'm running eight to 10. And now they're like, a balloon you know they just they don't do anything and i fought with them for a while so that's why guys like chris ayashua mike pierce all those guys went with 20s mm-hmm. because I had so much problems with the 17s it was well, just with sidewall chris ayashua's old rig now he has a fucking minivan the pussy yeah. he is well, he keeps well, flopping between them, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't well, that's, that's a long story in itself. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I, He's filled us in. <laughs> I can't give Chris shit for that, though. Like, you know, with the family and everything, and I've seen where he puts that Jeep. He's He still follows the buggies. He still does mm-hmm. stuff. You know, we just got back from Tennessee, and there was very little that he said, hey, I'm not doing that. You know, he, he followed us with the buggies all week and did everything we did. So he's he's no slouch behind the wheel, that's for sure. No, I mean I no, I get that. I we have a pretty good relationship with Chris. It's just it's always one of those funny things because oh, yeah. like I met him in now when he had I believe he still had the body under his hold on, I'm trying to think now. His buggy? Yeah, it was before yep. him and uh Rob fucking got crazy one night to start cutting shit it was before yeah. that and like it, I, when i so when i think of chris that's what i think of that i'm just like oh minivan right. <laughs> yeah i said the same thing i i tease him constantly <laughs> it was actually funny as hell we we're at windrock a couple weeks ago and and we come up to one of the trails i've done it a bunch of times and i've never seen it washed out as much as it was and i come into it i'm like <laughs> the minivan's gonna destroy itself coming down this hill and I actually pulled up the camera and he's flipping me off the whole way down the hill <laughs> I'm sitting there pissing my pants laughing waiting for the windshield train to get ripped off and, and he's just like you're an asshole <laughs> <laughs> I love it yeah so we did uh, so I went to season open a field and forest and that was like my 
takedown run of the buggy after all the new upgrades just went off. Mm. And then that following Tuesday, I went, I left and went to Tennessee for a week. Spent uh, six days at Windrock and then did a day at the sand mines. Then came home and did Wheel for Warriors. Wow. So it was one hell of a two week vacation. Sounds it sounds exciting. Yeah, and I, I I was actually talking with Chris because I was down in Tennessee that whole month. I was like, "Where oh. was my invite? I didn't have any idea he was <laughs> was going to be out here. That would have been sick to show up for the weekend." Right. But uh, I, I went down a couple of days earlier than everybody else and mm-hmm. did days on my dark bike. Ooh, okay, that's sick. That's I was able to go idea. out and explore and see more of the park, and you know, it was a good time. Now, were you yeah. able to run on the same trails that you can with the uh, the buggy, or no? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's cool. So they don't like separate you guys. That's pretty rad. Is there's certain trails in the property that are like ATV side by side only, but it's very few and far between, and most of them aren't anything we want to do with the buggies, anyways. Yeah. So probably like the track shit. Yeah. But yeah, I was I was that asshole that was down there by myself on my dirt like running fucking red trails that we do with the buggies. <laughs> Just to scout it all out, see what was going to be good. Trying yeah, to be the trials riders, like, like the best way to do it because Windrock is such a big park. Oh yeah, um, we, I've never been, but that's the one thing you hear over and over again is, uh, you know, just how long of a drive it is to get to some of these trails. Yeah, and, I mean, and you get can out do it next time you're down here. It's 73,000 acres. Yeah, insane. Yeah, I've been there three times. I got three weeks of time total there, and I've never seen the whole park. Yeah, that's it's like, um, that's what, two of Roush Creeks, right? Together? Wow. I have no idea. I'm I forget sure how big Roush is. Like 30. I genuinely yeah. forget. I'm not too sure. I have no idea. I know at one point I left my cabin on the entrance road to Windrock and it took me an hour and a half to get out to Devil's Elbow, which was only like three quarters of the way across the park. Jeez. And, that's and, a long ride. And that's on the dirt bike. I mean, we're talking fourth gear cruising, you know, maintaining 30, 40 miles an hour the whole way. Wow. Yeah, you oh, know, Luke, the more I'm the more and more I hear about Windrock, Luke, the more and more I understand why you don't sound like you're a fan of Windrock because that just, I don't know, I feel like that's just such a long fucking time. If you break on so, trail trying to get your shit let me, back, like... Let me so just it, put this in perspective here. Roush is 3,000 acres. That <laughs> is... Yeah. Yeah, Wait. that's fine. Oh, did you say it's 60,000 at, Windro- at Windrock? 73,000. Holy shit, that's a lot of land. Yeah, yeah and when you so, break at the back of Roush, it's a fucking haul to get shit back there. So, the thing with Windrock is there's there's at least three days of wheeling within half an hour of the, the general store, right? The entrance. That's what I keep getting told. So, like, I don't go... I live an hour from Windrock. I don't oh, no. go to Windrock. I go to AOP. Because AOP, like, you can get anywhere in that park within 45 minutes. I mean, Graham is uh, living proof that you can drag anything off of the trails there. (laughs) And what? 
I'd say a good five hours from the back of the park with something destroyed. Mm-hmm. Non-running. Dead weight. <laughs> Fortunately, it's usually downhill, so nice. <laughs> gravity helps you. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, it's kind of wild to think that AOP is larger than Roush. I did not realize that. Is but it? Yeah. Uh, I mean, we really, like, when I was there, we really didn't get to see all that much, so I guess that's probably why I'm so surprised. Yeah, I think AOP is right at 5,000 acres. Wow. I don't think all that is usable, though. I'm not going to say it is, but, like, Harlan's 30,000 acres, and not all that's usable either. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, the rest is sheer cliff face. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, the, the acreage in some of those places can be tough to, uh, Right, you can say a number, but it doesn't actually mean there's trails on all that either. Yeah, exactly. yeah. So, like, AOP is a lot of fucking wheeling, and it gets really hard right out. You're of the just gate scared. Anymore. You don't want to go to a new park. <laughs> AOP is the devil, you know. <laughs> AOP is the devil that I like. <laughs> yeah, I haven't been to AOP yet. It's on my list. It's well, a cool. Let one. me know when you want to come down. Next year. I, c- I can't do it again this year. Let me know when you want to come down. Sounds good. <laughs> so, How many- uh, you live down that way. You ever did uh, the uh, Golden Mountain Park in Sparta? No, I, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've done like 5313, Harlan, and AOP, and I can't get enough of AOP and I can't get enough of Good Evening Ranch. Those okay. are the two that keep drawing me back and now I've got another mistress named S'more. <laughs> so but now that your rig actually runs reliably, maybe yeah. you'll try some of your more local parks because Speaking <laughs> of Good Evening Ranch, Mr. Paul, if you're interested, we all we host a yearly event called the Web Wheelers Ball. And I mean, it's an open invite to anybody, but we always try to make sure that our guests have a special invite that you are more than welcome to join us. It'll be the weekend of Memorial. It's not Memorial Day. It's Labor Day. I'm an idiot. Should have known that because Memorial Day <laughs> just passed. Um, <laughs> but you're more than welcome to join us. For, I mean, I believe me and my I'm well, me and Marvell, my brother-in-law are planning on being there for Thursday and then spending the whole weekend. So, um, I've actually been invited by a few people to go. Hell yeah. Um, it is on the list. I don't know if I'm going to make it yet, but I would like to. Ooh. All right. Good time. Um, been in the thought process. So there is a potential that Sunday we will do the cripple Creek shootout. We're not sure yet. I think it's an idea that Graham and myself had bounced around when he first got down here. We'll get a trophy. We'll make. We'll, make a, we'll have Marvel get his artistic, not autistic, uh, mindset going. <laughs> we'll make a trophy. <laughs> so that'll be fun. Um, there's like three stages of that trail, so it'd be timed up the obstacles, similar to, I believe, how the bounties work at Humble Pie, but not quite yeah. as cool. Okay. I just gotta I make lots of yard sell my shit before humble pie. <laughs> that's a good point. Oh, speaking of, I'm trying to uh, figure that one out. So that's going to be entertaining. Um, I might be flying up for humble pie. What do you so, mean, might just do it? 
Yeah, uh, just do it, you big old bitch. Might be, might be. It comes yes down or no, you're either doing it or you're not. No, it comes down to vacation time. Um, I well, still do you have it or do you not? I have it, but okay, I then have you can to go, go to the memorial for my dead aunt. So that might end up. Well, you need to figure that out. Uh, you can figure that out. See, yeah. there's so much room for morbid jokes, but I'm trying to be appropriate. Feel there. free to throw <laughs> them out there. <laughs> I was gonna say, you know, she'll be there next year. Like, there's like so <laughs> many different things that cross my mind. I'm like, ah, that's touchy. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I'm sure that the ashes will still be floating on the lake when I get there. Exactly. So, like, just you know, what yeah. if what if Paul yard sells his shit and you can never see his rig again? You're gonna be sad. I am sure <laughs> that given Paul's artistic level of fabrication, he'll have another one figured out. <laughs> I can always borrow one. Yeah, yeah. that too. So, going uh, into humble pie, do you have strategy, or do you just like hit it headstrong and hope for the best? Like. So there's a little strategy um, for qualifying. Mm -hmm. uh, if it's secret, you don't have to share it. I was just oh, curious I, on like how it all works. So it's worked great before, and it's also completely screwed me before. Um, I switched it up this past year, and it, I don't know if it hurt or didn't. It, I don't know. I usually I start with Elm Street normally right off the get-go because it's the closest to the to the field mm -hmm. and it's one of the longer ones and that will dump me out at the everything sucks and everything sucks redux trails mm -hmm. which by the time i get through elm street usually i'm pretty close to the first one in redux which is actually my most hated trail on the property <laughs> uh, so i'd like to get that one done right off the start and then from there it's just a free-for-all just whatever doesn't have traffic so, and then Bonnie Ron is just kind of, I don't know, just drive. Just <laughs> don't be dumb. <laughs> I actually did the Bonnie Ron, uh, not this last year, the year before with no front steering and no brakes. Damn. That's nutty. It, it sucked. It was not fun. And I didn't tell my spotter about any of it till afterwards. Yeah. That you did that you didn't have steering or brakes. Yeah, I feel like that's generally you know a conversation you want to have with your spotter. <laughs> well, so I had it when they said go, and within like I don't know a hundred feet of off the start line, I ripped the brake hose off and lost the brakes. So I was like, well, it's got an atlas, it's fine, it's geared low enough. I just I won't hit my throttle going downhill; it'll be fine. And then. I think it was like halfway through Nelson's crawl, my steering pump took a shit. And I was like, well, I guess we're risking the world for this one and just kind of muscled through it. And I, I still did a, a pretty decent time. I think it was, it was like 28 minutes or something like that. I still did it in. But I, I worked for it. Uh, I assume no that everyone steering. at home. Sorry. No front steering sounds like. At least you have the rear steer. <laughs> yeah, well, the rear steer is not the greatest either. It's it's yeah. kind of small. Um, it's electric over hydraulic, so it's it's like a plow pump. It's not fast. Oh. Means, mm -hmm. but I actually I came home from Humble Pie that weekend and called Eric Amato and I was like, "Hey, um, this can't happen again. Fix this." <laughs> <laughs> so would this Tell be me what I work your, work your magic. 
yeah, I, I had him come down my shop and put all his tools and testers and everything. And, and he tested a couple of rigs and he's like, you need X, Y, and Z. And I went, okay, I'll be buying a part a month from here on. Mm. And by springtime, I had a whole brand new steering set up and it's been in there just over a year now. And it's been awesome. Everything so. he posts on his, uh, his pages is, is, you know, reinforces in my mind, the fact that the dude, makes some of the best steering components on the market right now. It's I'm yeah. thoroughly impressed with it. His knowledge on it all and just all the pieces I've between, I put some in. Between his knowledge, his parts, and the fact that I can message him at midnight and he answers. <laughs> like the customer service there is insane. Yeah. You know, yeah, and it, I guy. can message him with the dumbest question. He's like, yeah, no problem. Here, do this and this and this. And it's, you know, <laughs> to me the customer service is the biggest thing like you yeah. can have the best parts in the world but if your customer service sucks i'm not buying from you yeah makes sense you know and that's been a, a huge issue i've had the last couple of years is customer service with people so yeah, if i'm going to spend money i want someone that's actually going to talk to me and and you know be there when i when i have a question answer it you know yeah and and understand their product enough to be able to help you out if you yeah stuff right it's always yeah. sucks when you just get you know uh you hit a brick wall with support or uh warranty on anything like that if it breaks it was something dumb yeah or like you know you spend 10 grand yeah. of or 14 shocks from a company for four rigs and they send you whatever they had on the shelf nothing that you ordered and half the parts are missing Jeez, that sounds and, like dmr <laughs> I've never dealt with him, so I don't know. That was a direct shot across the bow for the fuck up. That was my ZJ buggy. <laughs> oh Jesus! Uh, yeah. The... <laughs> I, I've I've never met him. I've never dealt with him, but I do have a couple of friends that have been screwed by him. So he, he let me it... park my truck with a ripped off, half ripped off hitch in his parking lot for a week. So. Uh, I don't think he's the worst person in the world. He's not the worst <laughs> person in the world. He's just not a good person to do business with. I'm not going to name any names, but I talked to someone at S'more <laughs> that had gotten ripped off by him. Oh, which, geez. that's like a lot of fucking distance to get ripped off by DMR. So, my buddy dropped off a running, driving CJ7 and 1 tons, and years later, he had to go down with his skid steer and pick up all the pieces and put it on the trailer. Jesus Christ. Wow, like, that sounds very familiar. Like, came down with a skid steer or the forks to move all the shit that was in front of it, and then load up the body, the frame, the motor, the axles, all that shit, because it was a pile of parts. So, in my opinion, because, you know, we're not a legal entity, and it's my opinion, and solely my opinion. Oh, fucking killing off-roads. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Just, I'm adding a note right now, okay? <laughs> Luke's opinion. <laughs> um, Go ahead. He convinced me that it was a good time to cut my ZJ up before it was, like, I'd never taken it down a trail. He's like, you should just make it a buggy. And, um... Almost a year later, I got back an abomination of a chassis where stuff like the A-pillar was not fully welded. I can tell <laughs> you right now that the shitbox sitting on the trailer 
with two tires off of it sitting on brake rotors is safer than the fucking chassis I got back, in my opinion. Was that the black ZJ or the yellow cage on traps? Ugly yep. duckling, yep. I saw that thing bounce around for a little while. <laughs> I, I never saw it in person, and I never saw it go, but I, I, I've seen the rig on, in pictures. <laughs> to, be, to be fair, though, Luke, honestly, you should almost fucking thank him. Because let's just say, just hear me out, let's just say he did do a good job. Who's to say you'd be sitting here right now talking about a vehicle that you built? You know, if, if you felt that it was worth your time and effort to spend money continuously going to shops, I mean, unless you want to, then you go to Ratchet's Off-Road, you know. Uh, anyways, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but like, who's to say that you would have taken the time and effort to actually better yourself for the hobby that you enjoyed? I mean, it was inevitable. So I'm just going to throw that out there. It was inevitable. Um, and there are still shops out there like Ratchets, like uh, Naked and Afraid, and NU Fabrication um, that I will trust with my stuff, you know. Um, but the skill level that I ended up with was not something that that project being done was either going to influence or not influence. Because even if I had, say, kept that ZJ... There was so much work that needed to be done that led to its scrapping, uh, in addition to the cage. Like, I didn't know the cage was so fucked up until I cut the cage off of it. Yeah, you know that's, what I mean? That's scary. Yeah, um, and what's even scarier is I rolled it. Multiple times, oh. didn't you? Uh, there was two, yeah. Um, I'm not doing it. I. How do I put this correctly? Um, I would throw Sam $30,000 and tell him to build me a buggy and never question it, but I will never, ever build another rig without someone like Sam or myself doing it. And, you know, uh, I think that should speak highly of Sam. Um, I'm sure that if I were to ask Paul to do it and throw him that much money, I would end up with a similar product. But Sam is the devil I know, like AOP is the devil I love. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, on that note, like, sure, I, I, I have the ability. I have none the want. <laughs> I can't you blame you. I cannot uh, I, fucking blame you at all. Dude, I like... I get people, oh, can you build me this? Can you build me that? No, I want nothing to do with side work. Don't bother me. Don't come near me. Like, I got a buddy's Dodge in the shop right now. It's getting Rockwell's four link coilovers. It's going to be a mud truck. And I told him, I said, I will help you. I am not doing it. Like, hey, Cody, that's You're doing familiar. all the work. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I'm so done with, with side jobs and building other people's shit. Like, I don't even want to work on my own shit anymore. Never mind someone else's. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to be honest. Um, like Not part allowed. of the reason I disappeared was because I had a phone call with my bank about buying a house. Once I, I have, gonna, a place, I was going to give you crap for that. Once I have a muted. place, um, I'm going to be going back to doing side work, but I like doing like when I had my old shop, my bread and butter was, I would do axle trusses for people. I love doing that kind of work. 
because it's simple and it's something where I can just sit down and weld. If it's something where, like, I have to build a cage for you, no, motherfucker, you're going to be bending that tube. I'll teach you how to bend the tube. Yeah. There's some random Joe Schmo who asked for a cage and just like, no, you're coming here and learning and this is fucking school now. Is that how that goes? Or is it no, like that a ain't some bass? random motherfucker? Um that's like I have to know you in person, like I'll name drop him, but Logan, uh Graham knows who I'm talking about. I'll help him build a cage, but that motherfucker's building his own cage. Casey <laughs> from Trail Trash, I will help him build that rear suspension or front suspension he wants, but I'm gonna help him. I ain't yeah. going to do it all. It's more fun when you can just sit I, there and, and give pointers and shoot the shit while they do the work. Way yep, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I've done the whole building for other people. And, and like, I had a kid. He, you know, we used to be really good friends. And I, I built this whole Jeep several different times. And in the end, I got fucked hard on that. He ended up selling the Jeep out from underneath me for fucking chump change. And... You know, the whole friendship's gone at this point, but multiple Jeeps, multiple builds later for nothing other than, you know, helping out a good friend. And I, I won't do that shit anymore. All set. Yeah, so. I totally get it, dude. Um, at, at this point, if I'm doing a side job, you're you're paying for it and it's going to be worth my while. Yep. <laughs> so, Well, that's like, um, you know how I referenced Sam we were talking about someone hit him up for an XJ cage. And I was like, dude, don't fucking sell yourself short. I know what the work that you did for me cost. And that was hooking a buddy up. If you're going to build this guy, a whole cage from the sliders out, you better fucking charge for it. And he threw out a number and I was like, no dude, more. If you're going to be doing the fucking effort, like, and buying the material, don't fucking skimp and don't let the fucking customer tell you what they want. And when I say that, I mean that in the manner of like, um, if he wants to put 120 in the A pillars, we know that 120 in the A pillars is not the way to go anymore. It's got to be two or 188 and preferably two inch. Like there are points that you just got to stick up for yourself on and then you have to factor it in as labor plus it can't just be labor you, you mm-hmm. need fuck you price this is the price that i have because this is what i don't want to do mm-hmm. do that fuck you price then i'm not interested <laughs> yeah. uh now oh my god i just blanked completely uh well also i got i feel like like with a cherokee like especially if he's doing like a hybrid or something and I, I mean, I've preached this a million times. We don't have to get into it, but like trying to keep the body intact comp- from what I understand, from what you guys have explained to me and the little bit of knowledge that I understand, like you don't always get the most perfect node strength out of the metal that you're putting in there. So I do kind of get what you're saying, Luke, where it's like you have to listen to the customer because they're paying you. But it's also like there's a point where you got to be like, hey, no, like that. <laughs> Sorry, but you're losing this part of X, Y, Z to get yeah. it good too and like i can't i, I feel like with off-roading everybody is so particular and personal about how they want their rig to be that it's got to be super difficult to do side work and like other oh, yeah. than doing like i don't know lift kits off of ebay or doing like specific just add-on parts like well it's gotta like, be interesting. i get shit a lot for the fact that you know i how i did my b pillar 
Sorry, what? Uh, no, I sucked dick with my <laughs> asshole. That's a side story for another day. Um, Don't forget paintball, no. buddy. <laughs> uh, what I'm talking about, though, is my B pillar is completely straight. And the reason that my B pillar is completely straight and goes to where it goes to is for the strength behind it. But there was no fucking way that I was going to get a any kind of passenger space behind there. And so, like... With the two-door, it was just a two-seat rig at that point, and it's a heavy two-seat wannabe buggy, but mm-hmm. it's not a buggy. <laughs> Cherokee car. <laughs> yeah. What it ain't a race car, it ain't a buggy. What do you, you know, call Chero car? Is that what you used Chero to call car. Yeah. Chero car. <laughs> not, not to talk to Cherokees, because I've done a, a lot of things with them. I've had a lot of fun with them, but they're just fucking throwaways. They are. Like, it's just a tin can. Like you weld into fucking ten, they're awesome, but don't expect it to last a hundred years. Like you're gonna get five, six years out of it unless you just plate the fuck out of everything. Yeah, so I that's, that's where I'm at. Is the we're, we're plating the crap out of everything or deleting it? I'm an idiot, and I have developed a sentimental attachment now. Oof. So like Jesus, you sound like my ex girlfriend. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I've, no, uh, yeah, I've had some fun in Cherokees. I've done some killer things. Like, you know, I think a Cherokee, the four and a half inch left in like 33s is, is awesome. You can go out and just fucking kill it in the power lines and jump them and just do all kinds of dumb shit. But beyond that, like, I don't see the point in putting bigger axles and everything under. I mean, everybody has their thing, but I just. I'm gonna preach, Paul. Uh, preach. Hit them where it hurts, man. Tell these bo- boys that they're fools with oh. their big old one-ton Cherokees, you dummies. Like, like oh. I said, everybody has their thing to each their own. But for me, it's like if I'm gonna put that money into something, I'm gonna put it into a fucking rig that's actually gonna last, not something I'm gonna be chasing fucking popping <laughs> apart the whole time. Are you Let's saying go. it's not normal to weld your track bar back on every year? Yeah, no, that would. <laughs> <laughs> i've done about five of them at this point <laughs> so this is this is the exact conversation so i have a i just have a like normal standard x shape five inch lift 35s locked front rear whatever so it's it's fun Very the way it is it built. it works so fucking well thanks to luke obviously and grammy helps with the gear sets and whatnot and i can't thank them enough for it but Honestly, I don't want to go any more with it after talking with people like Curtis or seeing what happens with Curtis or talking with these guys. It's just like that. Curtis just does wheel, so he's not a good example. Yeah, but oh, also oh, just like he also sucks at wheeling too. So I guess he's not a great example there either. <laughs> but um, but like they're always just like, oh, well, just just build the Cherokee. You have the Cherokee, just build it. And it's just I don't want to. I don't, as you were saying, like I want to build something that if it rolls over three or four times, as long as it's not something crazy, it'll still be okay to flip back over, run full throttle, and then just keep rocking. Well, I mean, a Cherokee will do that. It just it'll never be straight. Again. Yeah. So a Cherokee is an excellent parts accumulator. That's where I've been. Like, I'm pretty sure at this point it's well documented because I can't remember what we've said at this point we've had like what 132 <laughs> fucking episodes yeah. um that's like what 260 hours of fucking talking they're here uh, for the repetition they have to be masochists if they follow along this point yeah. so. <laughs> so my takeaway on it is i think a cherokee is an excellent learner rig yes uh, yeah if you think it's gonna last a long time and i'm an idiot 
I have government <laughs> paperwork to prove it. Uh, you know, so like, I've hit a point though where the next step in my rig's future is that like it's junkyard. Just, I was gonna no, say scrapyard. <laughs> no, not scrapyard. It's too sentimental for that. Um, the next point in my rig's future though is Fab Nines and taking a sawzall to the unibody past the link mounts um and then just giving up on any hope of it ever having cherokee body structure again uh other than panels like it's just over so green leaf yeah so why not just build a chassis and stick the panels on the side of it yes i'm not that smart and uh i'm not that smart just uh, if, if you need to jerk off to the dashboard, keep the dashboard in the you know in the new buggy, and then it'll feel like your old ship. dashboards man. suck. They exactly. Suck. Uh, so, Paul, to actually answer your question, though, there's a uh, question. Well, he said, "Why not build a chassis?" So, oh, um, gotcha. <laughs> um, the ability to keep wheeling. So, for me to take a winter like. You know, I was just on the phone with the bank and all that, which is why I missed like that good fucking 30 minute clip in there. Uh, once I have the house, I can cut the nose off of it and over the winter do the dove nose, do the tube out the front. And I will be ready to go in the spring again when the weather starts to hit in the 50s and be back out there wheeling on a four link with a Fab 9. And then build parts over the summer, keep wheeling it. And then in the winter, um, I can cut off my rear bumper and cut off the back of the unibody. And due to how I built my B-pillar, I'm actually in a really good position to build a hoop in the back and essentially buggy the whole back. So it's going to end up being uh, skinned at that point. And I've been talking with a couple of people like Sam um, and Caleb a little bit about how to tie the link mounts in. And my link mounts are fairly tied in. But after I get done with what I want to do as far as the midsection floor pans go, they will be structurally tied into the tube work in there. And I should shave right around a thousand pounds by the time I'm done. All right, I have a question for you, Luke. So it seems you're just going to be slowly picking this thing apart until it's Frankenstein's monster. But, like, at what point are you losing the idea that it's no longer your old Cherokee? You know? Because if you just keep replacing and replacing, like, is it the hood panel? Is it the door skins? Like, what, what part do you still need to have for it to be considered your Cherokee still? Well, I'm keeping it as it sits with the full body. So it's always going to be my Cherokee, just a full-bodied buggy that sucks at everything. And so you, I, I'm okay, Ed Gein. You're just gonna be wearing it's gonna be wearing the skin of your old Cherokee on the buggy. That's kind of creepy. So no, if it sucks at everything, why keep it? Because it's mine. I mean, I get that, but like, you're okay with it sucking all the time. Well, when I say it sucks at everything, he's just happy I, it drives. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's be honest. Uh, 
when I say it sucks at everything, what I mean by that, Paul, is that it's never going to be an F and F buggy, and it's never ever going to be a um, bouncer, bouncer, or an ultra, ultra four. four car. Yeah. All right, fair enough. It it does really well for what it is, um, and the reason I'm so committed to it is that it's got a insane suspension under it for what it is. Um, the rig is absolutely nuts to drive fast, and it is an absolute blast. It's the only vehicle that has ever made it past the three-year mark of my ownership, and that's why I'm sentimental towards it. Um, so, so at this point, you're kind of just like stuffing your family dog. Is that what I'm getting at? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it tags Maybe. a dirty Jeep. Um Maybe, but at the same time, I do think it would be kind of cool to just, like, keep it going, because there's no reason to not keep it going. Money, and usability, and safety, or, I mean, there's a few answers, it's just a matter of where it's at. (laughs) It's got the safety factor, it's only going to get better as the body comes apart further, as far as the safety goes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Back to your whole time thing of you can do the front portion in a winter and whatever. Uh huh. Are you one of those guys that builds like a tab a night or a tube a night and calls it a good? Like, no, <laughs> no, he definitely is not that kind of a guy. <laughs> I, I literally built my current buggy in 45 days. I'm not that God smart, damn. but I fucking I do shit quickly. Like, um, when it came to doing my one ton swap under the Cherokee to get it pulled into <laughs> shop, out of shop, driving back and forth to work was a month and a half. Um, and that was only to... doing weekends and like a few days during out throughout the week too. Yeah. And that was also okay. a 30 minute drive to the shop and back. So like I would go there after work and then, yeah. and, uh, and then when I did my cage, I had the cage done in a month. I've gotten to the point where I can do a motor swap in eight hours. Uh, I just am very, very... It doesn't look like it, but I'm super anal about the way that stuff gets done, right? Well, that, that was kind of what I was getting at. Uh, yes, I'm anal, but in a quick manner, if that makes sense. Like, I will rebend a tube three times to get the tube how i want it to be and how everything's gonna fit yeah uh, like i hate cages that sit above the roof uh at all so my cage sits originally when i first did it it sat within a half inch of the roof at all points um but it was done in a month so like i'm not i'm just specific about how i do stuff if that makes sense no, I get it. Um, and when it comes to the larger projects, right? Um, like my end goal is, I call it the park cruiser, is my idea, right? Because like I live in the south, and um, I want a rig that I can comfortably go run the blacks and the double black diamonds down here at like AOP, but also still be able to street drive. Which is another reason that I'm kind of against the buggy and kind of okay with letting it wear the Cherokee's old skin. Um, That's creepy. It's creepy, (laughs) for sure. Um, 
But at the same time, I'm incredibly happy with the rig's performance. Like, I went out to S'more a week ago at this point, and the rig did everything that I pointed it at with a couple of tries, and Graham shut the fuck up. (laughs) (laughs) I know you want to throw shade, but let me be happy with the fact that I ran everything there. Um, Except for the bounty climbs. Wagoneer Hill would like a word. I made Wagoneer Hill once. <laughs> Not the second day. <laughs> no, the second day at the back of the pack, I got fucked. Hey, putting tire on counts, you know? It's it's part of it. I <laughs> doesn't count trail, if you get all it. the way up and slide all the way down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That happened over and over. Um, But, like, you know, I want a comfortable rig that I can go run the hard trails and still every once in a while be able to street drive it. But my definition of street drive it is like go down to the car show uh, down the road on stickies. Like, I don't actually care about street driving it as far as on the highway anymore. Yeah, so you're a little bit above where my street rig is. Uh, Okay. He might have he might have missed the street buggy conversation. I, did. I, don't I did. really got into the the street rig. Yeah, we never really talked about that. I don't think. Well, hit us with it, brother. Now's the time. <laughs> oh, I got a, uh, I got an old scrambler. It's uh, AMC oh, three. I've seen this thing. Yep. Oh, you have. I've seen pictures of it. I think. Uh, yeah, it's multicolored fiberglass yep. body. Uh, Hell yeah. AMC 360 with an AX15 231 case. It's a Rubicon 44 front with three Lincoln coilovers and an 88 in the back on 35s. Um, it's had 37 sticky traps on it. It will do every black trail of field and forest. It's done a couple of the reds and it'll drive home afterwards. That's so, sweet. That's all you can ask for. I, yeah. Last 4th of July, I actually drove the thing six and a half hours north from my house, wheeled the shit out of it, drove it six and a half hours home, threw the dirt bike on the rack on the back of it, and drove two hours west to ride the dirt bike at the track for the day, and then came back home with it all. So it was a ton of miles, ton of wheeling and hauling, and it loved every bit of it. So Awesome. Yeah, go ahead, Cody. Uh, I was gonna say, so vehicle maintenance day at your house must be a fucking mess. Like, Dude, do you... is... go ahead. That, that is literally every day. <laughs> Just constantly touching one of them. <laughs> like, I I go to work. I go directly to the shop, and I'm there every night. So I'm ready to go to bed. I come home, shower, and go to bed. So you know, I can that, understand you know, that. I, I love you... that life. And I can understand why you have your hands in so many different cookie jars, because if, if that is the passion and lifestyle you have, you almost have to, because if you were stuck looking at your buggy every single day, you wouldn't be able to do. I mean, I, at least I wouldn't be able to do. It. I feel like I would just get bored or like at some point it's like, what else can you fuck with on it? Yeah. You know? Well, right now I'm at that point. Like I just spent the last two months rebuilding it, you know, the motor swap, cutting the chassis apart, you know, suspension, all that shit to go to Tennessee with it. And now I'm looking at it and I'm like, I don't want to touch the damn thing. You know, I got the dirt bike there. I got the mega truck. I'm like, I could care less. I just want to ride my dirt bike. Mm-hmm. So well, I, 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 just I bought it. it. So that's understandable too. 
Yeah. Well, I bought it Friday afternoon, and it, the new is still there. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, so okay. Good. So, to go back to the chassis thing, because like I'm still hung up on that point, and I apologize. <laughs> I think I've been bitten by the go fast bug. Um, so for me to build a buggy to the specs that I want to build a buggy to, it's straight out of the Ultra Four handbook. Um, like the next step is something that I cannot financially afford. Mm -hmm. But when I go to do it, it's going to be a Ultra Four car. It's not going to be another fuck. It's not going to be like a park cruiser it's not going to be an fnf buggy it's going to be nines it's going to be a 650 horsepower ls otherwise i'm not going to do it oh so you're, yeah. you're able to financially do it right now um have you met me and i i hate money <laughs> like, <laughs> buddy i can't afford to do anything that i do and i make it work i figure it out yeah i get it if motorsports was my only thing, that would be fine. I'm into <laughs> night vision shooting too. So like go fish, man. You can forget about those, Luke. They're still in there. <laughs> but I have to I have to pick your brain a little bit about this, Luke, and I know it's not the uh the typical cast and this might be able to wait, but why why do you, I know like going fast is fun. But if you're putting that much time and effort into something are, do you feel you're going to get the usability out of it? Like, are you planning oh, on yeah. races? Oh, are you playing? Yeah. Okay. I just didn't know because we've never really talked about it. So I don't know where your oh. mindset was on it all. No, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it right. Um, the. So, like, I'm really sorry, Paul. I don't mean for this diversion. Um, yeah, but the police XJ at S'more rocked my fucking world. Oh, he's still, um, he's still got a chub for the police XJ. I do. <laughs> um, and like <laughs> the thing with it is that if I am going to go and do it, I'm going to go all the way with it. You know, my personality type, Cody, you've been around me for fucking years now. Like what we met in 2019. Have you ever seen me half-ass anything? 2018, but yeah. Uh, okay, no, 2018. no, I mean, if I commit to something, I am so committed to that idea that like it hurts. So if I'm going to build an ultra four rig, I'm going to try and run it at the very least in SRRS uh, and the local Ultra 4 shit that they run. Uh, I think it's quarterly down here. Have um, you been to yet? I have not. Um, I used to be against it, but I'm now like trying to figure out how to make 2025 KOH happen. Why would you be against it? I'm I was really confused <laughs> about that. Uh, I used to be against KOH for the stupid shit antics that happened because I am not a people person. But if I'm going there with the intention of running in KOH, that's a different story. That was the most I autistic a... thing I've ever heard you say. So I hate people. <laughs> Completely hate people. And the nighttime festivity out there, I had a freaking blast. So... My only experience... Luke, you really can't 
say that you don't like that, but then participate in like the night runs at AOP and S'more and all that stuff. It's the same antics. Literally the same thing. Yeah, but you're not fucking shooting mortar rounds at fucking rigs going up Chocolate Thunder at AOP. So oh, I just seen videos don't go so. to Chocolate Thunder at night. Yeah, oh, no, like I'm... I mean, yes, I meant to say, what's the, what's the main uh, optical at KOH that everybody parties around on? Backdoor Chocolate uh, Thunder. Yeah. Like, Backdoor so, gets crazy. So just stay away from it then, like, because, like, to me, yeah, like, no, okay, like, I don't know. Go after ahead, go, go. talking with Frankie and Brandito, I'm okay with doing that now. But that was like something that was a holdup <laughs> before, and like now that I kind of understand how stuff works from talking with them, I'm more on board with it. And uh, you know, it might not be the most smart choice, but like. My goal would be, I think it's the 4800 class. Um, I used to call it 47, but I'm not very smart. Uh, the It's the 37 DOT semi-unlimited class. It's not the full-blown 4400 class, because I just, I would never be able to compete in that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's the direction I want to go with the buggy and everything else. I mean, I think the best, personally, if I was going to get into any of it, it would be the stock class stuff, because that's just, you know, financially feasible, and I think all those guys still have a ton of fun. That's right? that gra- grassroots shit right there, absolutely. Right, you, you're not putting high-dollar crazy parts in it, you're just getting creative with some of the more uh, <laughs> readily available stuff, and there's there's a lot of fun in that as well. It's right? a ton of there fun. is. There's a lot of fun with that, but after talking with uh, Dizzy from, he used to race for Straight Jacket. After Ford got into it, I'd rather try my hand at the 4800. Just it's a lot of money. It's a lot of money, but it's less you don't, money. You don't know than, if you want to do yet. That's why I say starting the stalker stuff. Stalker. Okay. Stalkers. Stalker stuff. Ed Gein sharing skin, <laughs> stalker stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like when it comes down to it, right? If you're talking about the 4600 class stuff, Ford is I don't going even know to the own classes. That. So that's the stock class. Ford's going to own that because they have the. Well, with that attitude, they will. <laughs> yeah, fuck big corporation. <laughs> it's all about the little guys. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what I mean though is right, like. If Ford is willing to throw their weight behind the Bronco chassis that they are running, that's a. So really it would be really cool. unfortunate if some, you know, stock unibody piece of shit was able to do better than a new Bronco, right? That'd be kind of cool. It would be, but at the same time, like, also, if I'm going to. We're talking about a buggy here, so that kind of rules out the stock class. Um. You're limiting yourself. Yes, limiting himself. I'm limiting putting himself in a box and closing the lid and asking us to tape it for him. So (laughs) please tape it for me. (laughs) No matter what you end up doing, money doesn't buy driving ability or talent. Lord knows I don't have either of those. You know, money can buy the drivers that are good to run Ford stuff. Though that is something to consider, is that like I'm sure they're Lauren Healy or whatever his name is. I'm sure yeah, he's making decent it. money. Yeah, like they're not like, there for free. 
Yeah, exactly. But, you know, nobody's perfect. And even the smallest part failure can take them out of the race. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. 100%. Sure. Look, yeah. At, look at disqualifying. How many tire slashes absolutely destroyed people's runs? Oh, like dude, something yeah. as simple as that. Uh, <clears throat> so, I went to KOH this past year for my first time. And I ended up pit crewing for Amber Turner. And uh, I think, think she did the stock class in her samurai. And it was an absolute blast. Like the carnage I saw, plus picking with her and seeing all the shit she went through to finish. Like it was a whole different world compared to what I'm used to out here. And it was awesome. And I, I'm going back next year and bringing my rig with me. That's going to yeah. be sick. Um, so the other point I'm making is I want to build the buggy to match that rule set. I'm not saying that it is going to end up at that rule or like, uh, I'm not sure that I will be competitive at that level, but it's not hard to build something in that framework. Okay. I mean, I, I don't want to fault you too much because I feel like at this point, it sounds like me and Graham are just crushing your dreams and I don't want to be that. You're not I just hurting me at all. Um, good okay well then you're stupid you're a dummy just go to stock class have fun drink some beer and have a good fucking time all right luke jeez (laughs) man was that better anything can go fast if you have a long enough (laughs) run-up my (laughs) xj but like and so right there, my XJ is still the fucking proving shit out. Like, I'm happy with the suspension. I oh, want to build never, a set of nines. We never get the end of the suspension. No, you it's never get the end the of suspension. it. Um, yeah, you got to deal with that at fucking AOP. And oh, my God. Are you lucky? Um, we deal with it every day. No, you don't. <laughs> you only deal with it on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Only days. Um, <laughs> yeah. So... <laughs> that's the end of my montage i'll fucking leave it there <laughs> all right so now i can finally ask my question that i've been thinking about for a little bit so you recently picked up a bike now why did you go something more motocross style rather than doing like a dual sport i mean granted yes it's probably what an extra six grand for a newer ktm exc 500 but being in this area and like knowing different people like bob per se why didn't you go that route so I spend a lot of time riding during the week because most weekends I'm traveling with the Jeeps, the buggies, all that shit. So going out after work on the weekdays, I'm typically by myself. So I tend to end up at the motocross track more just so that there's actually people there. If I fuck up, there's Uh someone to to scoop me up. (laughs) Good point. Being out in the middle of the woods by myself and I fuck up and it's like, oh, cool. I got (laughs) to... Someone to be hiking through this random ass trail in the middle of the woods, you know? Yeah. Or riding out with a broken collarbone like I've done a few times. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I want to ride more. I'd like to do more weekends and everything, but I I love motocross tracks. I love being on the track. Um, if I could ride the track every day, I would. It's so I bought something that would be good motocross wise and trail wise. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I do both. I have a bunch of buddies that do hair scrambles and enduros and and all that stuff. So I, I do a lot of the trails, but I also do a lot of the track. So so have you ever considered doing something like a J-Day where you do get the best of both worlds, but more like a const- or racing style? So I would love to do a J-Day. I haven't, haven't had a bike reliable enough yet until now to do it. Mm-hmm. So my uh, my YZ that I just sold was broken more than it was alive. 
And that kind of killed all last season for me. I bought a last May and by July, I was putting a motor in it. Oh shit. It was like it, it, I blew the motor 4th of July weekend, got it back after my buddy rebuilt it, spun a, a crank baron in August, done it out again for a couple months, get it back, transmission goes. It's like, I was just, I spend more time fixing the damn thing I did riding. So I, I didn't get a chance to actually do all the stuff I wanted to with it. That's the tough part about a 125, though. Like, you do. You just r wring their necks out until they croak. Like, it's just part of it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. It had a 144 big block kit. And, I mean, it went good. It just, it was an old bike. It had been ridden hard, put away wet. And it had an easy life with my buddy the last few years before I bought it because he only trail rode it. And then I got the thing and put it on the autocross track. And it was like, here, we're going to go for a ride. And it was... Like no, dude, I'm I'm retired. I'm done. <laughs> ah, I mean that that's a good answer, honestly. Um, only reason I asked because I was into dirt bikes and a dual sport would have been my next like go to, before yeah. the the opposite reason of being able to like go on my day ride, just go on the road and do whatever and like hit a trail. But it, that doesn't make sense, you know. As you're getting older, you got to take consideration of those things. I mean, granted, I actually yeah. don't even know how old you are, but. Uh, Oh, so you're not even that old. You can you can no. sit in the woods for a little bit if you get hurt. Come on. Yeah. What do you mean? Kind of a <laughs> you know, if it starts getting dark, I'm gonna get scared and probably cry. So. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I thought about the on off stuff, but there's so little around me that's legal. You know, mm -hmm. it, it's like why I don't I don't want to be running from the cops every time I take the bike out. No. Yep. I agree completely. We lost a lot of our trails throughout the years from idiot kids doing stuff like that. And it's, yeah. uh, takes away from it. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, everywhere that I rode around my house now that I used to ride and it's all gone, it's all walking trails, gated off, you know, EP houses on the cranberry bogs. Now, like it's just, what the I got the name of that 45 minutes. Ish. That was by us. That got fucking gated new off. Pog. New pog. Yep. New, new pog. pog. Yes, sir. It was oh, man. locally. It was like one of the last areas that you could go and like off-road reg a dirt bike or a quad and go to around this area. Well, you weren't allowed to have your quads and bikes there to begin with. Um, you sure? Because it was I'm, definitely I'm, open as a national park or not national park, a state park. I mean, I could be wrong, but I definitely it, it was. It was, uh, it was posted at. Uh, either end for the entrances uh, you that you weren't allowed either. to. Yeah, the, the enduros, yeah, but not like dirt bikes and quads. Huh. And then um, there was a lot of roads through there that were open, and then everyone had a shit ton of offshoots that you technically weren't supposed to go down, but everyone did. It was kind of one yeah. of them situations. Sounds about right. That ended with a uh, decapitation, if I remember correctly. Oh, God. No, uh, the last straw was the dude that had his explorer run. Oh, right, right. right. Run himself over. Ooh. Perfect. Yeah. How do you run yourself over with your explorer? He, How do you? He, he came off one of the side trails that he wasn't supposed to be on. And he heard a weird uh, noise underneath the Explorer, so he pulled the thing up a fucking bank and parked it and then hopped out 
and went underneath it. It skipped out of park, rolled on top of them. Oof, just uh, like that JK that fell off of Black Mountain. They uh they found them the next morning. Oh yeah. Ugh. That's right. Um and, and if I remember route- correctly, there was also that uh there was the Rubicon incident where some kids had their parents Rubicon and um, they weren't wearing seatbelts and I don't need to tell the rest of that story. And then there was the uh, kids, I want to say it was a uh, older Chevy. They uh, suffocated because they buried it. And what? It winter. They buried it. It was winter time. So when they called up oh. their friend to pull them out, kept the windows up while the truck was running to stay warm and they suffocated. Okay. So when you said buried it, I was thinking like whistling diesel style, actually, like actually burying it. So I was so confused. I'm like, why would they call their friends? Like (laughs) they dug their grave. They, you know, that's where they belonged. Uh, Oh, it it ended up being like three or four deaths at Nepog in just a few years that, that was like what did Nepog in, and yeah, yeah and that was the last of the quote unquote legal wheeling in Connecticut that went under. Um, and I'm sure that Massachusetts has had similar things, other than oh, like yeah. Mobel is the only one that's still open that I know of, or maybe Old Florida Road, too. Old, Old Florida Road is currently still open, there is gates at either end. Um, but that I, I feel that's short lived, so. Mm. I want to go there. I mean, what I, from what I was told, though, isn't it only like one or two cool obstacles and then that rest of it's just a trail ride? Yeah, there's there's only two obstacles. The The first one's like just into the entrance and it's it's just a step. It's just a like a four foot ledge. Oh, and okay. the one is like an off Campbell ledge. It's nothing crazy. So, I mean, it, it's a fun trail. I do it once a year with a group um, on Columbus Day weekend. Just we go out and cruise around and do all those trails. It's just a relaxing trip. You know, it's nothing crazy, but it's a good time in the woods with some friends, you know? Yeah. Hey, that's completely understandable. Um, so now shit, I just blanked on it. Um, do you have any trips other than you said, what is it? Not wheeling for acreage. What did you say was at the end of the year? Other than humble pie? I thought you said you were doing something. Um, possibly going with you guys. Uh, that's ill-advised but gonna be a good time anyway yeah that's what i heard um so i got the jungle bash coming up in two weeks three weeks something like that the end of end of the month uh that's at my buddy's property in bethel vermont mm-hmm. um from there i think i'm gonna end up doing x rock at field and forest in august Ooh. um that's been on the list i think i think i'm pretty much gonna be doing that um and then i don't know i haven't honestly i haven't thought much of what's going on this season just i've been so busy the last couple of months of everything else i haven't thought that far ahead so i know i'm gonna take the mega truck up to uh livermore maine first weekend of august do some trucks no wild um mega truck racing so awesome awesome so i got a few more questions before we slowly wrap it up we're cresting over two hours now um as a man that says that he has run a lot of tires other than 
Yeah, yeah. I always <laughs> got to ask this question. So yeah. how much experience do you have with DOT tires? Because what is your favorite DOT tire and what's the worst DOT tire? Um, do you For want wheeling. Strictly wheeling? Yes. Yes, sir. So my all-time favorite was a TSL. Really? Yeah. What? I've had really good luck with TSLs. Um, you like on them my, cut? On my Scrambler, I love the uh, Hankook Dyna Pro MTs. Interesting. Okay. okay. That's not one we've heard. I've so had cool. three sets of those, and I fucking love them. Oh. Awesome. So then, what would you say is the absolute worst? Do not advise for somebody to buy. Um, I don't know. Thornbirds. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> I would yeah. rock the shit out of a set of cut sticky thornbirds, though. I feel like that would be fucking hilarious to show Wait. a park with. Did they the ship boxes on a street jeep at one point, and I drove it across town and took them off and threw them away. <laughs> I didn't even know they made sticky thornbirds. How long ago was that? They don't make sticky thornbirds, just thornbirds in general. They suck. <laughs> uh, Interco, if you can get an order for more than, uh, I think it's 24 sets, will make any tire in a sticky. Yeah. So you could, in theory, if you sold 24 sets of sticky thornbirds, get 24 sets of sticky thornbirds out there. Yeah, but that means I need to find three, 23 retards to buy tires. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. I'm like, how many friends you got, Luke? There's that are definitely 23 <laughs> retards out there who would buy them. Let's be honest. Is there Just like an item? Is there an autistic convention you go to, Luke, or how does that work? <laughs> <laughs> By the way, Luke is legally autistic, just so everybody knows. I'm not just making fun of autistic people. <laughs> hey, I show up at the park with my please be patient, I have autism hat, and get down to party, so it's okay. <laughs> um, so, my question in return is... What's your view on stickies? Because I know you and I talked a little in DMs about that. Yeah. Time up so, getting sticky? Jeez. I am <laughs> hardcore red label. Okay. I, I've always been, since I had my first set, I've been in love with them. They fucking work awesome. Um, right now, the Goodyear MTRs that are on my buggy, I am very happy with. I would definitely buy them again. I think they're equivalent to a red at this point. Um, I run Are them. Are you getting paid to say so? Just clarify. No, fuck okay. No. I don't get <laughs> This is all self-funded. Uh, yeah, I mean those two, and then obviously an SX. Um, they're not the best summer tire, in my opinion. They're they're great all around. Um, but I love them in the winter time. You know, the snow and and the cold weather. I think the SXs are the best. My only gripe with SXs are that they don't make them in a 40. Yes, I agree. Um, uh, what like, is it, a 38? Is that what the in-between size oh, is? In the only a 43. Uh, if you go the DOT. Oh. Yeah, well, I never, they make sorry. a DOT 43 as well. Yeah, they make the DOTs also, I think, in a 38 and a 36. Yeah, uh, but 
Is that why you were so high strung on the idea of a 39 inch IROC? Yes. And so I genuinely never fucking knew that. That they didn't make a 40 inch sticky, which makes sense because it's, you know, that's what I see all the time. But I just never put two and two together. Yep. So don't buy IROCs. Yes. <laughs> Tell these boys that they're stupid. I couldn't make it up shit. <laughs> I have had multiple sets. And the only times that those things fucking work was three feet of snow. Yep. Or a 20 year drought at 100 degrees out. <laughs> Other than that, you might they're, as well fucking rock repellent. Yes. <laughs> they're and great they're snares, <laughs> though, because they're unkillable. <laughs> Dude, the last set I had with 39.5s, I got them cheap, and within two hours of being on the trail of Field and Forest, I literally did a 10-minute burnout, burnt the fuckers down to belts, and threw them away when I got home. Jeez. <laughs> I was so fucking mad at how shitty those tires were. <laughs> so, I find that interesting. Uh, like, now, once again, I'm looking at it from the lens of I've been in Tennessee for two years. Um, I feel like a sticky IROC down here would work really fucking well. I'm not saying in New England because I know that they don't work in New England. But with the SX compound, I feel like they could be a viable option down here. I don't think they got a deep enough tread. But why, why buy a tire that's only going to work down down by you like i know again it's where you live but why not you know buy a red label that's gonna work everywhere a red label down there is it'll still work it'll still work work. well they do still work yeah they work but i don't know if you get caught out in some of those like aop is is very if it's wet you're not i mean most tires aren't gonna have much luck but you'll be better off with an sx than you will be with uh with a red label in that scenario when it's dry obviously red labels are going to blow well, out of the water kind of windrock we had a full day of pouring rain mm-hmm. and the reds did everything so no rain the whole day whether it was mud rock pouring rain flowing water the reds did everything so we're going to reinsert that point from earlier where i can't drive um, <laughs> i will kill the fucking carcasses so red labels make a shitty driver a good driver. Yeah, but the carcasses don't make the but a tube. Damn, that's what you need. I know it really is. Harry <laughs> <laughs> well, has a set. I think they're still for sale. Are those are the thirty nines with the the KMCs in them. They are like the thirty nines with the machetes. Yeah, you should definitely do that, Graham. And I will happily. Well, I'll go with, I'll go for the ride with you and then I'll help you convince you for the bad investment. It'll be great. <laughs> On your street rig. <laughs> the, the biggest thing with the reds too is like a lot of people try to run them way too soft to pressure. Oh. You know? And you're pinching them and not actually cutting the sidewalls. Mm-hmm. You know, I've run reds for years and the only time I've ever had a problem was pinching the sidewall with the rim running too low air pressure. Yeah, and what that, do you usually run then for pressure? Eight. Okay. We got to remember his rig is super light, so that you got to take that into consideration. Four thousand pounds. You're oh shit, that's that's a big it's boy. Fucking light. It's, it's not. Fuck. It's not a little go kart. It's it's got some ass to it. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense with the kingpins and shit. Like, there's gonna be some fucking weight under it. Absolutely. Yeah. But in 
you know, almost 10 years of running stickies and running reds, I've only had two sidewalls let go. And it was literally from pinching the rims. Hmm. I have and seen a lot of tires down here die from speed. Um, well, that's is, also driving ability and knowing that, you know, if you crash into that tree at 30, something's going to give. Yeah, and I don't have that. Um, no. Then put an SX on it. Yeah, but they don't make the SX <laughs> in the size I need, which is where we come into the Just get some Patagonia stickies, dude. Come on. It can't be that no, bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Patagonia is. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I remember we were talking about case backs. What was your bone to pick with the case backs? So they suck. I hard to get. I haven't seen very much of them, but there's one rig in New England now with them, and it has not impressed me whatsoever. He did better on his KR threes than he has on the case backs, and he's an excellent driver. So I'm not even taking anything away from that. I just think the tires suck. And that was multiple opinions after Wheel of Warriors watching him run. Hmm. That's interesting. Um, because that's a tire that's very high on my list of stuff that I want to throw at the rig. Uh um, so, whereas you wheel down there and up here, my honest suggestion for a 40, and I'm gonna get shit for this, I would go with a trap. I think that makes Hold sense. Hold on a second. Hold yeah. on. But you just said you like red labels, and now you're going, you're switching up on me, and you're well, suggesting well, traps to people. What's going because, on? Because of the sidewalls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, falling off rocks and shit. <laughs> not hit things. Yeah, I don't know how to not hit things. I will if be. You don't have the camp to not hit things. Then the trap is the next best on a forty. In my. Yeah. yeah. You're not wrong. Um, another tire that has been in consideration for the strict reason that I bring this up is availability and price point would be the Baja Boss. Um, no. No. Just, okay. just, just no. no. <laughs> Why no? I spent a weekend at Field and Forest watching all of those X Rock guys, and it was fucking painful. <laughs> now, Dude, like, like, I, I watched guys with red labels that don't have talent tanks walk circles around them. Damn. I will give you that for FNF. Uh, I've seen them make a lot of stuff down here and do quite a good job with it. Are the bosses the big big dog looking ones? The big no, old fatties? The MTR looking ones. Ah, gotcha. Sorry. Thank you. So um, I, I know a couple people around here have now gotten the the boss, whatever it's called. Um and they sorry, seem to might be the pro? I don't know. Whatever. I'm talking the MTR looking ones. Yeah, I think it's the boss X. I think it's the Pro X is the big meaty one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know like Zach Apaldo's got the bosses and Mike Craig and they seem to like them, seem to do well, but I haven't seen them do anything in the mud yet. Mm. You know, every time they've been out, it's been really good traction weekends, mm -hmm. you know, where most tires when it's dry are going to do something anyways. So it's hard to point. unless it's an Iraq. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 
that's one thing I do. Like when I I'm trying on a new tire, I want to do everything, whether it's hundred degrees and dry mud, water, you name it. I want all of it so I can see what it does in all of it. Yep. yep. You know, and, and I'll give you that point. You work in a hundred degree day when it's dry for, you know, six months, you know, it's the tire that it just downpoured for two hours. Now let's go run the same line. You know, and that's that's one of the biggest bitches with this area that I'm in is you can have a park like AOP where, right, um, if you take an F and F buggy and you drop them in there while it is dry, they will be bored out of their fucking mind. You make it fucking rain for torrential downpour for a half hour. And they won't make it anywhere because they don't have the fucking horsepower. Um, it's the it's weird coming from New England seeing the drastic difference, and that also really makes it hard to pick tires because, on one hand, I know that if I were to go with a red, a red is going to absolutely crawl everything. But the second that you start throwing like third gear clutch dumps and hoping for the best while you're riding that pony. I don't know if I want to run a red. Like, I can't sell myself on a red for that situation. Mm, I still think you can make it work regardless. Like, I know when we're talking with Bob, how he's talking about the porousness of the tire and that the clay gets into it, yada, yada, yada. But, like, I don't know. I just... I've never really seen a red not do well. Again, not super around them that often. That's just my personal opinion. But, I don't know. I also just don't know if I could ever make a red fit my driving style. I would have to fit my driving style into a red, which I suppose isn't the worst thing in the world. But, you know. Well, I mean. So, what's your driving style? Right foot? Yes. Okay, he he kind of knows how to crawl. Like he will do it, but it's tended like the one try crawl, and then the rest of it's just like put the tires onto it. He'll kill if that doesn't work. Then put the tires at the bottom of the obstacle, and he'll kill it again. I mean, I've been known to five grand neutral drop my rig thousands <laughs> of times. So I mean, I'm kind of the throttle jockey as well. I will say I don't like USDs down here. I don't um, like in general. We've got a guy down here that runs them, and then we've got a guy that runs 43SXs, and the dude on the 43SXs walks all over him with shitty link geometry. Well, have you felt the two tires with your hand? Yes. The USDs are hard as a freaking rock. They are. Really? Oh, dude, those things are horrible. So it's like an IROC, but with bigger paddles. Got it. Not even, dude. The USDs are literally like hard as a rock. They are oh, a bouncer tire. They work well on a twelve hundred horsepower rig. They Until don't work well. Mm-hmm. Until you hit rocks. Ask him. Mm-hmm. But if he forty sixes though. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's it's tough to say somebody might not enjoy them if he just bumped up to forty sixes. Granted, he does a lot more like so, racing, like rock racing, right? Not anymore. He's been doing a lot more trails with it. Um, he had the 40s, and the only reason he went to the 46 is because he just likes having a big, dumb tire. Um, but he went with the USDs because it was the only thing that the sidewalls will hold up on with his driving style. You That's know, a good he point. Would, 
he was ripping sidewalls on everything else he put on the thing, and the USD is the only thing I've held up. <clears throat> but yeah, take I, so take the the jungle for instance. I'm, I'm sure you guys have heard of the jungle up in Vermont with the half mm -hmm. pipe. The half pipe is a uh, 15 foot basically wall, all rock. Cam has watched me go up this rock forward and backwards. I'm the only one's made it up in reverse now. And it has took Cam probably seven years to finally climb this rock without a winch. Wow. Like, I got a 100 horsepower four cylinder and I'm driving up it and I'm not even slipping a tire. And he gets on it with 1200 horse and those tires were like they were on fucking ice. Nothing. And he, like seven years of him trying this rock, he finally made it up and he was like, I don't have to come here anymore. Like, I finally made the obstacle. <laughs> <laughs> and everything in those USDs, you talk to Cam and he'll tell you they are awesome until you hit the rocks. I believe it. I've seen them kind of suck on rocks, uh, having fallen rigs with them. And you just watch them struggle up stuff. And yeah, and I, the DOTs that I've got have no, you know, have the same <laughs> get up it in the same, the same way, right? There's, there's, it just doesn't, uh, they weren't, if they didn't impress me. I would buy that. They're pretty good as they are. I don't know. I think it's a good middle ground for DOT and drivability uh, on the road and giving you the yeah. traction. Yeah. I mean, I finally got a slice of humble pie from slicing two of the nittos, but until then, as far as DOT tires go, I really like them. That's why I was looking at the case specs. Yeah, I don't really have much thoughts on street tires, DOT tires, other than a good set of Swampers. Yeah, yeah it makes That's a sense. good point. Well, alrighty, it seems like we're kind of slowing down here, so before we finally let you go, got any questions for us? And on top of that, people are interested in checking you out on like, social media and stuff, where could they find you? So, all I have is Facebook. I'm pretty simple, because I suck at technology. Uh, <laughs> so, I just Paul Bonds on Facebook. Can build a mega truck can build a fucking sick ass crawler that ends up in humble pie every year. Can't figure out Instagram. Fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's pretty much like priorities are in place. If I, there's a girl in my life, I usually hand her the phone. If I can't do it and go here, fix it. <laughs> if I get a computer, I hit it with a hammer. <laughs> well, before we finally finish up, do you have any more final questions? No, I think I'm oh, good at this. Hell yeah. Well, thank you everybody for listening. We appreciate every single one of you. Go check us out on Instagram, you know, Blue Collar Off Road Podcast. Go check us out on Facebook. All of our stuff goes out there. Find us on any of your streaming platforms that you prefer. If you're listening on some weird one and you hate it, oh, go check another one. We're probably fucking there, honestly. And on that note. So if you're going to run FNF, Reds are the ticket. If you're going to run Windrock, Reds might just do it for you. If you want to come party at AOP, it's SXs or get fucked. <laughs>